Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. What's up? Oh my God. Did that just happen? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that. I've been trying to block that out for like 10 years. Yeah, I fucking remember that. I'm embarrassed that that happened just now. Oh my God, I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I did not know that would elicit such a strong reaction. Oh my God, I'm going to think of more 90s commercials. I fucking hated that commercial, like with a passion. Isn't it so weird to think about things before there was like Twitter or before there was memes or anything, but like how things would become like everyone just say them over and over again. So that was like it was like an oral version of a meme. Yeah, it was. It was in every movie at that time, too. What's up? What movies was it in? It was in Scary Movie. Oh, it was it was in uh, The Office. It was in. I did honestly didn't think you'd be able to come up with even one. So I'm impressed. I could continue, but we'll we'll stop there. We'll keep going. I'm I'm impressed. You know, you know your shit, man. Um what's up? How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Am I telling should I tell the truth or should I just put a smile on and everything's good? Definitely tell the truth. I'm not good today. I'm not good. Um just having one of those days where you feel like low, but you don't know why you feel low and everything is suffocating and you kind of feel like you're drowning. So yeah. yeah, How are you? Well, I just want to, I actually am having a good day, but I do want to say that I, I, I post, I hadn't missed, I post, I posted a TikTok. (laughs) I posted a TikTok yesterday about Mm -hmm. like emotions and what they're telling you and stuff. And um, someone that we know very well who is like much in the spiritual world and works with people kind of like we do, they they were like, what is is the emotion of overwhelm telling you? And I was like, man, you know, I've been feeling that very recently too. Ambrosia, you said you've been feeling very overwhelmed too. And Mm -hmm. it made me start thinking like I really wonder if – a lot of, you know, whatever you want to call us, light workers or people who are on this this path or people who are doing this work in the spiritual journey, spiritual community, um, are feeling overwhelmed because, you know, to some degree, we're really like awake and alive and in tune and there's a lot going on and we're just really sensitive to it. And so, you know, maybe that's part of why we're all... Also, I really feel like part of the reason I'm overwhelmed is because there there's like almost so much that I want to put my energy into. There's so much everywhere. And I'm like, ah, 
And I remember like a week ago when I felt like there was nothing I wanted to put my energy into. Mm, That's true. Yeah. So in a way, I'm kind of choosing to look at it. It's a slightly positive thing, but I do get what you're saying. And I have had days like that. And those days are a lot. And I think a lot of people have days like that. So I think it's pretty normal. It's, it's like riding the roller coaster of emotion, right? Um, I went into the pool just for 10 minutes, but you know, it helps to kind of release that stagnant energy. And I find like doing things that I know will help me and knowing that even though I don't see the light right now, I don't see like the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know that it's there. I always think of that phrase, um, even though you can't see the sun over the, like um, beyond the clouds, the sun is still there. And that always like really helps me when I'm in moods like this, because I think about when I'm in an airplane and it's really raining and then you go high enough and it's not raining anymore. Mm -hmm. So you realize that the rain was just a passing condition. It wasn't, it's not the, it's not what the sky has turned into. It's literally Mm -hmm. a condition that is passing through the sky. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like go broader and realize like what is the sky the sky is always blue from one perspective sky is always blue um i love that i think of, i was thinking about that last week actually um and i also wanted to share um i was just telling you this off off camera ambi but uh i woke up and i've been getting a lot of like song messages every morning when i wake up like it's been happening quite a bit recently where i hear a song playing in my head right when i wake up and this morning, the song that was playing, and it, it's like a message from spirit. And this morning, the song that was playing was uh, from the Princess Diaries song or soundtrack. If you guys seen that movie with Anne Hathaway, there was a song in the movie that goes, miracles happen once in a while when you believe, right? Miracles happen once in a while when you believe. And I really got this feeling of like, it's this feeling of just don't lose hope, just like you're saying. Like, don't don't stop believing that the sun is shining somewhere. You know, don't lose hope. Don't, um, no matter what's going on in the outside, you know, this crazy hurricane was, I don't know if you were paying attention to that yesterday, but that could have been pretty heavy for your mood because that was pretty intense for a lot of people, and it still is, um, and people are still going through it right now. But, you know, just because things might seem crazy on the outside doesn't mean that, um beautiful things can't happen and that miracles can't happen and that something unexpected can occur, but we have to really hold out that hope and we have to really believe, you know, so that we can see as -hmm. opposed to see and then believe. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's move into a little bit of what we wanted to talk about today, which is adjacent to this, which is this idea of Taking I'm gonna time. get so much hate for this. Go ahead, keep going. I can't. <laughs> you can't not, wait. No, no, not that I can't wait, but no, I don't think you're gonna get as much hate as you think. Um, well, we've been talking quite a bit lately about like taking time for yourself, and you, especially, Amy, you're a mom of three, and you know you've been going through kind of some shifts in your life, and and really starting to put more focus on you and what do you want and what makes you happy and and all of that. So. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, I think it's important to start 
this with the idea that I am a very like normal mom in the aspect of, I'm not like, I don't think I'm a great mom. Like I don't have kids that travel on soccer team or travel soccer teams or, you know, I'm not in the PTA. I have no desire to be in the PTA. Um, so I'm not that type of mom. I don't hate those type of moms. I'm just not that type of mom. I'm not a shit mom either. Like pretty active in my kids' lives. So it's, and again, I don't hate those moms either. It just is what it is. So I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty normal, neutral parent. Can't wait for school to start. Doesn't start here yet. Um, but what I also think is very normal is not having any alone time or being demonized for wanting alone time. So you have to understand that when I wake up, um, I usually wake up around seven and it's my five-year-old, he's six now, my six-year-old telling me, uh, come downstairs with me, come downstairs. Doesn't want me to like do anything but be with him in the living room. So that's fine. It's not five in the morning. Like I'm pretty grateful that he wakes up pretty late. Um, and then from that point on, someone is up my ass all day, literally from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. And then multiple times throughout the night, the six-year-old still wakes up and wants snuggles or wants a snack or something, right? And are there a lot of things that I could do to kind of curb that? Yeah, there, there sure are. Um, but it's overwhelming as fuck. It is overwhelming to have this idea that like literally showers are not alone time. Like taking a poop is not alone time for me. Like it's just fascinating. So I go to the gym um, almost every day. And I had a therapist years ago that said, your gym is no longer your alone time because you're, you've lost a hundred pounds and your gym is your maintenance for the body that you now have. And so therefore that is no longer an out for you. That's work. And so that thought kind of played in my head today as I was like, fuck, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I wasn't really engaged and I was just giving like minimum effort. Um, but it is interesting of this idea. And then when I was talking to Alexa today, this morning, it was um, this thought came to me that I have been a mom since I was 20 years old. And I know a lot of younger moms like feel the same way is that we had kids when we were so young that you, you didn't really have time to adult or to have like your younger adult years. You always had to be responsible for someone else. And going back into a little bit of my story, I financially and emotionally took care of my mother from the age of 15, 16 years old. I remember working two jobs so we could pay the bills and keep the lights on. So I've had to keep track of people other than myself since I was far, I, much younger than I should have been. And I'm at this point right now that I am just like done. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And I know that a lot of people listening are probably like, that's so selfish. You have a six-year-old. And like, let me be really clear. I don't want any harm to come to my children. I love them. If something happens to them tomorrow, I would be devastated. That being said, I also have moments like today where I want to run the fuck away and not come back. And I think that that's really normal. 
And I think women need to talk about that more because there's so much fucking pressure on us to be this perfect mom and never feel overwhelmed and never have any like true emotion. Because when we do express these true emotions of, I want to go hide in the closet and eat a fucking brownie without anybody asking me if they can have some of my snack. (laughs) That other moms are like, you shouldn't feel that way. You should love your children. I do. I do. But I also want like me time. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's this, (sighs) there's this balance that needs to happen of, I can't be the center of my kid's universe. I just can't. I can't do it anymore. I don't have this in me anymore. And I know that that sucks for the third kid because he's only six. But like the realization that I've also come up with is that my 17 year old like doesn't give a fuck. And I mean that with love. Like I, I did everything right. I I'm sure I made mistakes. I take that back, but he, I made him the center of my universe. And I really tried to be like that PTA mom that like, we're doing all the sports. I'm actively engaged in your life. We're doing this. And like, he doesn't give a fuck now. He doesn't like, he doesn't ask me how my day is going. Like, it's like the self selfish phase. That's very normal at his age that he should have. He should not have a lot of responsibility like I did growing up. And so I really honor that. And I understand that I'm not expecting anything different. But I also feel like will my third child end up so different if I kind of pull back and I'm like, you got to figure it out, bud. I don't know. You got to make your own your own food now. You got to like, like, I'll make you dinner. We'll do that. We'll have dinner together because I like that. And we'll snuggle and we'll do bedtime. But like, you got to figure out lunch. Yeah. You know, make your own sandwich. Yeah. And I feel like, is that being a bad mom when you kind of pull back and you say, you've got to be more independent here because I've reached my limit of shits that I can give at this point. Like today, Alexa was on the phone with me <laughs> and this kid stole scissors and took him upstairs. And it took my brain legitimately 60 seconds to register that he has scissors and he went upstairs and you should follow him. So I followed him and he's cutting his shirt up in the bathroom. And I was just like, fuck it. I was like, do you want to take it off and cut it? <laughs> and I can't imagine what Alexa was thinking. <laughs> but I was just like, I wasn't judging. I was like, oh, we're already cool here. My mom, my we're already doing it. Shit. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just don't want to argue anymore. I don't want to fight yeah. anymore. So it's like, yeah, man, cut your shirt. Cool. <laughs> Ruined it. We can't wear it now. Or I mean, he was, he cut it and he, he's like, look, my belly button, you can see Cropped it. And I was like, yeah, you sure can. You sure can see your belly button. Good for you, bud. But it's, it's so funny. And I think maybe COVID also contributes to this because last year I homeschooled them and it was constant fighting every day, fighting about doing your assignments, fighting about fun things to do. I mean, you have to understand there was not a whole lot that we could do outside of the house too. And so I really feel like a part of me is also kind of like coping with that level of trauma of constantly being entertainment for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you're talking about this. Um, actually, Judy on Facebook said, 
Um, girl, yes, 19-year-old here, legit. I have a good friend going through the same thing. I applaud the fact that you can talk about this, vent about this. I would worry when you feel like you can't talk about it, you know, which I think... I've never felt like I could talk about this, Judy. I have literally, with the exception of Alexa and my other friend, Catherine, and if I have other friends out there, I'm so sorry, but this is how I feel, truly, um, anytime I've expressed this to other friends, I have been shamed for it mm. and it makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I think that that does make me sad too. Cause I think that, oh my gosh. Well, it's like being a mom is like, that's a job. It's a job. It's a, it's a legit job. That's another thing I think. I've been hearing quite a bit from women recently is like their outrage and their their true rage that the recognition that hold on a second like why is this job the most undervalued job it's not even considered a job it's not even considered yeah. a job it's considered oh you're a housewife oh all you do is take care of the kids hmm. like which is it's an imperative part it's it's actually the most important job because those mm-hmm. kids whoever they're spending time with whoever's taking care of them are obviously keeping them alive, keeping them safe, teaching them things, teaching them how to be in the world, and that makes up the next generation. So, like, that is a very important job, and we're undervaluing that role, and we're undervaluing women by saying, like, oh, oh, you just stay at home and take care of the kids. Like, no, it's a very big job. And um, I was just talking to someone else who was saying, yeah, I also know, like, a dad who does it, you know, a single dad who does it, and I'm like, Right. And the difference is that like when single dads do it, it's like they're applauded. You know, uh, they it's a miracle that, that what wow. an amazing man that has done this. And it's like they need a piece of a, a fucking piece. What is that thing? God, prize, just, <laughs> Nobel Prize, Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, My brain checked out. Like, oh, we're not going to help but, you. But. But also, like, what I want to express, Ambi, is that I think that – so I think part of what you're expressing is part of that whole, like, women's kind of, like, rage of, like, this whole thing about what women are expected to do, what women – the responsibilities that naturally fall on a woman. And in actuality, this awakening that women in general are having right now, which is, like, hold on. What I do is valuable. Also – I should, just like my husband or whoever has a job and they have a break from their job and they have a vacate, hopefully they take days off and they, you know, go home and be, take time away from it. Like, I should be able to have time away from this. This is my job. It's like, I think that it doesn't mean that you don't love your kids. It means that you're a person who needs balance in mm-hmm. their life. And why do why don't moms de- deserve balance? Why don't moms deserve days off? Why don't moms deserve uh, to s- express that they're frustrated? Mm-hmm. You know, because again, I, you could express that with your job, and that's fine. Even though yeah. you might love your job, you can say, "I'm so frustrated right now." You know. And I I want to say also that I this is one of two times in my life that I've worked from home and been with the kids, right? And when I worked a full-time job, I was still expected to have these chores. This was not like, I think that's the big misunderstanding is that when women have full-time jobs, like the, the chores are kind of halved 
And that is not the expectation. Now, I do want to give my husband credit because he is really, really good at like cleaning, cleaning the house. He's, he's the only one that cleans the house. Truly. I have like lost all interest in it and it just doesn't fucking happen anymore for me. So for his anxiety, he likes to clean the house and I'm grateful for that. However, that being said, um, when I worked outside of the home, that was not the expectation. The expectation was I was going to clean, that I was going to make dinner. And I did. And I, I picked the kids up from school and I, I did all of the mom things. Right. And there wasn't a break. There wasn't a break time. And I feel like that's just our normal societies. This is your role when you have a vagina. You are expected to do these tasks and you're expected to enjoy it and be grateful because if you're not grateful, then you're a bitch. Mm -hmm. And if your husband or your partner does this, right, it's usually, I'm usually talking about a husband-wife situation, but if your partner does this, then you are lucky and you should, you should feel really blessed. And I just think that's such horseshit. Like, I, I just feel like there are days where like, I have moments where I just want to run away, you know? And I think that that should be talked about too. And then my husband has moments where he doesn't want to be around anybody. And that's normal too. Like, that's totally fine. You want a day by yourself? Like, go, go do your thing, right? But I, I feel like this communication needs to be open and it can't be just one-sided because if the mom doesn't want to participate as much or the mom needs a break in some way, then she's a bad person. And I, th- I think that's really sad. It's really unfortunate in our society. Yeah, I also think that um, being selfish, being what what society might deem as selfish and taking time for oneself and actually taking a vacation, you know, taking some days away from your kids or, you know, doing the things that I guess moms are shamed out of doing is actually a kindness to others. (laughs) It's a kindness to yourself and it's a kindness to others because it's that's I'm sorry, but I really from everything I've observed, I really think the saying is true. Happy wife, happy life, like happy mom, happy. I don't know what rhymes with mom, but it's it's that because the mom and the woman is like the epicenter of the family. It's like that is the mm-hmm. hub. That is where all all everything emanates from because she's the one who's connected to all the things. And so when she is not happy, I'm sorry, but like I don't know how anyone else can be like truly happy. So it's this, I think we really need to First of all, I think like the value once again needs to shift like over. I hope that we're in the process of doing this, of really understanding the value that the mom brings to the woman and the mom brings to the family and like the importance of that, the value of that and what would happen if she wasn't there. But then also I think we need to stop like making that a it's like you suddenly stop becoming your own person. You suddenly just 
stop having your own interests or your own needs or just because you're a mom like the assumption Mm -hmm. is oh you don't need any of that stuff anymore you don't need your own life you don't need friends you don't need to have go have fun like you don't need time away you need all those things just like you need them before you're a mom you need those things Mm -hmm. so I think that and and what it keeps coming up for me is this idea of going back to the village uh concept where not directly back where we're all going to be like, you know, living in dirt and, and, you know, like tents and stuff, but back, you know, I'm not, how- I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it actually might be kind of fun, but I'm out. yeah, no, no, no. I know. I'm just saying the, the structure, structurally, yeah. it's like back then how it was when we lived in tribes and villages is, you know, we, uh, we lived with, you know, it was like different couples, I guess, or different families all lived together. And then the elders were very much a part of that society and they would help raise the children. Everyone helped raise the children. It wasn't just on one person. It wasn't just on, everyone had roles and everyone shared responsibilities and everyone, you know, felt taken care of. And I really think that that is, this is part of what is maybe going to turn us back in that direction a little bit more is, you know, when women say, I cannot do this, like, I cannot play this role anymore. I'm not happy. I cannot take this all on my own. Like, the structure needs to change here. Mm-hmm. And and women supporting other women in doing that, too. Like you're saying, like, uh, I think Judy said – Judy said, I've been there. I have been there. There is no shame. It's a fucking experience for sure. This has everything to do with our mental well-being. Let me at those who shamed you. Not (laughs) (laughs) Judy, I appreciate you. Um, So funny. I love that. I I am interested to know how dynamics are in same-sex couples. Because it's interesting to me with families that have like two moms or two dads, like is the, I have this assumption that like the responsibilities are just split and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm interested to know. And I know that we have some listeners that have family dynamics like that. So please let me know, like shoot me a message. Let me know how your family dynamic is. And I know everybody's different, um, but I'm just speaking from my experience and I'm just speaking from my point of view of the world that sometimes it's fucking exhausting and overwhelming. And um And even like I've had my mother live with me for the past 10 years up until last year. Um, And it was still exhausting. It was still overwhelming because it's not as easy to have your parent live with you because then they have their own ideas and concepts of how your kids should be raised. and, And then you're arguing about that. So when you live in like multi-generational families, um, that's not like super easy because I don't feel like we come from the idea or the perspective that you're talking about. And I love your perspective on this, but of that community, I think that that's a really intentional perspective as compared to my mom's going to move in with us and help us take care of the kids. That's a very different point of view than we're going to live in a community setting and help raise each other's children and be there for one another. You know what I mean? I think that would be nice. That yeah, that's nice what I'm what talking, talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds it's, great. Because, yeah, like, 
the way that things are set up right now is just in reinforcing all of these old ideas that I think don't make any sense. And I think I feel like in the future, we're going to see more and more people being like, you know, we don't want to do we want. I think everybody wants more support. And I think everybody feels supported when we are in community, when Mm -hmm. we intentionally, like you said, come together and say, you know, I feel really good when I'm with this, these people and they share similar values as our family and they, or these people or my, my sister does or whatever. And coming together and say, let's all do this together. Maybe that's farther off than I think. And that's fine. I think the important part is here about the community piece is like, it's just what we're doing here. It's like, we're, we need to talk about these things so that we can lift each other up and realize that one, we're not alone in feeling this way. Like Ambie, I feel like from what I heard from you is at times, maybe you can feel like you are alone in feeling this way or, you know, cause other people are like, what, what are you talking about? Like you should love mm-hmm. your children. They don't understand what you're saying. And yeah. I feel like this podcast can be a reflection to you that you're not alone because Judy's saying that somebody else, Lisa Lutzelestad, oh my God, I'm so sorry, uh, says, I have been there. I just want to get in the car and keep driving. We need time for ourselves and need self-love. Needing self-love doesn't make us shitty mothers and people who shame us can kiss our butts. (laughs) Thank you. I agree with you. I think it's... um I appreciate that comment. I really do. I think it's funny because like, you know, it's just this like snowball effect. Went to the gym, kind of working shit out in my head. And like someone comes up to me and they're like, you should smile. You should fuck off. Okay. Cause you don't know the day that I'm having. So it's like, it's just you like this energy that you're putting out, you know? What were you going to say? No, I just, about that, it's so funny because you were talking earlier and I looked at myself in the Facebook um, broadcast and I saw I wasn't smiling and I heard in my head, smile, you should smile, like smile, look happy. And then I immediately heard you in my head telling that story and I'm being like, no, I'm not going to smile. I don't have to smile. Yeah, <laughs> smile if I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> like I can be listening and that's okay. Like, um... It goes back to that like 1950s, 1960s housewife of like that Stepford housewife of like, be happy. Just be happy. You got a new washer. Yeah. This is your, this is your dream. And I feel like the interesting thing here is that (sighs) so many times we have subconsciously been brought up with the idea that one, if we find a man, we're set, we're good doesn't matter if you like men. It doesn't matter if he's a nice man. It doesn't matter what kind of man he is. You just need to find a man and you're set. Yeah. Two, once you have kids, like that's the goal is to like get married and have children and then you're good. But I feel like we're brought up with this concept, this idea. And then it's like, what the fuck? What do I do now? Well, now what do I do? There's no like, what, then what, then what else happens? Yeah. And so, um, well, then you die, right? Like then you just die. (laughs) And so I think that a lot of people that are looking at this societal norm that we've created and really challenging that, and it's letting other people be like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. 
you've challenged that and your life, like it seems pretty good. I would like to challenge that now too. And that's what I think I'm going for or like feeling lately is like, wait a minute. This isn't like the normal that I've been told my whole life that this should make me happy and this is what I should want and what I should have. And maybe what I want is not something that's so cookie cutter. Maybe what I want is different and then maybe that's okay. Yeah, 100%. It's like that feeling that's, again, I, I keep saying this, but I keep seeing it in so many different ways. It's kind of like the spell is breaking, which means that the deprogramming is happening. That's what it is. When I say the spell is breaking, it's the spell has been the program. The program is I do this, I get a fandom man, I have babies, I live happily ever after. That's the program mm-hmm. that's sold to you. Yeah. And then the spell breaking is the realization of, oh, this program's broken. I don't like this program. This program doesn't work. I'm deprogramming. And now I'm making a new program. What does that program look like? And that that comes with a lot of introspection, a lot of questions, and a lot of intense feelings. A lot of disappointment, I think, because of what you kind of were sold and bought into in a way, like from the Mm -hmm. old program. A lot of maybe anger at the way that you know, you put yourself in the, in a way you follow the program to get into the certain position. and But then also a lot of empowerment of realizing and, okay, maybe all that stuff's true. And now I get to reprogram and get myself out of it and do, create my own world, create my own new program, create something that feels good to me. Um, so I, I feel like that's kind of the, where we are as women in particular and as people in general, mm-hmm. we're all rewriting a lot of programs right now, um, which is why I think it's such a kind of volatile time. And also some days feel awesome on top of the world. And some days feel like, where am I? I'm lost in a black abyss. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. It's because it's just, there's just so much that's constantly changing. I keep getting the image too of like the computer, you know, how like um, when the computer will pop up and be like, or your phone, it'll be like, oh, we have an update. You got to update you know, and you click update and then it takes some time to download the program and then it says, okay, now you have to restart. It's this whole thing. It's not just an automatic, now we're in the new program. It's like, Mm. okay, you can't really use your phone for a minute because you have to download the thing and then you have to restart the thing and it's not going to work for a minute and you have to, you know, and now everything has to be updated. It's like that. It's the same way. That's Um, true. I love that analogy. That might have been the most hard-hitting thing you've said to me all day. I love that. Wow. All day. Just all day. <laughs> Not ever. Just today. That like makes that. it sound like I tell you a lot of hard-hitting things. So actually, <laughs> it's a compliment to me. I'll take that. Oh, it's supposed to be a compliment. You do tell me a lot of like, <laughs> like really impactful things. You're probably my most impactful friend. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want to win an award, most impactful <laughs> friend. You a Dundee. That's Thank what you. I'm going to yes. do the next time I see you. I'll take a Dundee. Love the Dundies. That would mean a lot to me. Um, oh, that's such a nice compliment. I'm glad that, yeah, you know, I think that I think that analogy really gives you permission to be gentle with yourself and give yourself, like, just understand that it things are a process and sometimes yeah. you feel off and you're like, what the hell? I just felt so on. And it's like, yeah, cause you're updating. It's okay. Um, Melanie, Melanie Larson says happiness is being flexible, adaptable, and willing to change your damn mind. <laughs> I Thanks, love, Melanie. I love the way 
like women when they're like it's like <laughs> it's this language we got like a southern but, draw yeah when we yeah. have like sass it's like yes. the southern I always picture the southern I always picture Reese Witherspoon I know she's not sassy but oh, like no, she can be really sassy is she okay she's like the quintessential southern woman southern belle to me have you seen that video of her getting arrested or her husband getting arrested and like the cop vid- it's in real life like they what got- she was drunk he was drunk this is only a few years ago and she went after this cop and was like you take your hands off my goddamn husband like you like she just went southern like but just so sad really yeah i had no idea i am shocked like it makes sense because I feel like if I was Reese Witherspoon, I would expect people to treat me differently for sure. Yeah. Oh, I just think she just is like, it wasn't like necessarily diva. It was more like, what do you, just so defensive and protective. Like, so. But driving drunk? It sounds like. Yeah, no, they were in the the wrong and she was drunk at the time. But like, anyway. Um, by the way, Lauren. It's not great. Go no, ahead. it isn't great, but I don't know. Who said this? Lauren Brazy? Who is no, this? no, no. Lauren Regal said. Oh, I thought you said Lauren Brazy. That was one of my friends. And I was like, fuck, I knew she was listening. Go ahead. No, but <laughs> yeah, Lauren Regal said earlier, she said, Ambrosia, orange looks great on you. And I agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's it's very like a fiery color. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's a up? Whole new me. Watch out, everybody. A whole new MB. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, cool. Well, anything else you want to share on this? <sighs> I guess I want to say um, that you're not alone if you feel overwhelmed and you feel like. If sometimes you feel like this motherhood business isn't for me, like you're not alone. I get it. I really do. Um, Or even if you feel like this fatherhood, this parenthood business isn't for me, I get it because it's a lot of emotion that you're responsible for. And it's a lot of fear. My handsome little guy is just staring at me. It's a lot of fear of like fucking up someone's life. You know, I think that's, that's another thing that's like. I was just with someone who literally said those exact words to me about their kids. I just feel like I'm fucking up their life. And I was like, no, you're not. I, I've heard that before from other moms and it's just not true. But I get how it feels true. But it's just not true because you are living your life to the best of your ability. And even if, even if. Because I've thought about this. Even if, as moms, let's just talk about moms. Even if somebody gave moms and said, here's how you be the perfect mom. Yeah. And gave you all the rules and you follow them, there would still be something that your teenager is mad at you for. or your For sure. There'd be many things. For it doesn't sure. matter. And I just think that I just hope that I'm not a mom yet, but I just hope that moms listening can know that like 
I, uh, real quick, I saw a TikTok last night where this mom said that, like, her kid had basically been in his room for, like, four years and had, like, agoraphobia, and she was so upset about it and was, like, going to try every – she's like, this TikTok is my first TikTok to say I'm going to try everything I can to get him out of this room because she loves him so much. And there were so many comments on this TikTok from other parents who were like, oh, my gosh, my daughter went through this. My son went through this. They were in there for six years. They were in there for three years. They were, and they were, and they all said the same thing. One day they just came out as if it nothing had happened and they just went on with their life as if that wasn't a thing. And they all said, you know, obviously be there for them, but don't try to force them out. They're just going through, they're going through something. Like they're just, mm-hmm. that. this is their way of going through something. And I think the point is sometimes you know, as a parent, I feel like we can tend to like put that again, and not me, but I've heard you can put it on yourself as like, it's my responsibility to make sure they live the best and they do this and they do this. But the truth is at the end of the day, like your kid's just going to go through stuff and that's part of their life experience. And you're an integral part of that. And the things that you give them to deal with is part of what they chose too on some level. So And I want to tell you really quick that you don't always have to say, I know I'm not a parent because you have really good advice and fuck people that are like, well, I'm not going to listen to her because she doesn't have kids. Fuck those people. (laughs) All right. Fuck me if I've said that in the past because I'm a dick. You haven't. Nobody has. I don't know. I I just am like, I know I don't have a kid, so I'm sorry if I'm like offending. You're not annoying. No. Can I tell a story really fast? I know we're running out of time. So. Like I said, first child, I slept with my hand on this kid's chest for six months because I was worried about SIDS. Like, I shit you not, okay? He is, he was at this time probably four. His feet were turned facing each other when he was born. So he had, at the time, they told me that he would just grow out of it naturally. I did not know to get a second opinion. I was 20 years old. I just trusted the doctors knew what they were talking about. That was not the case. So he's always walked differently and now he needs like special orthotics. And unfortunately now, because he's older, there's not a whole lot they can do for him unless he Which wants I to go Which I literally through. never noticed until you. He, he walks with like a, anyway, it doesn't matter. But when he was four, he would trip over his feet all the time all the time. It was very, very obvious. And teachers would blame me in preschool because I bought shoes that were too big. I bought shoes that were too small. Like I was doing something wrong, right? Because as a young mom, everything is your fault, which is fine. I get that. But one day I'm working at a gymnastics place. Everything in this, in this place is padded every single inch of it, except for one fucking door. And my son manages to trip over his feet and land in the door frame with his face. Mm. He broke his nose. He had two black eyes. We had to call an ambulance because his tooth went through his lip. There was so much blood. It was was a very traumatic event for me. He doesn't remember, but for me. And it happened to be right around Halloween. So it kind of looked like makeup. Thank God. So anyway, years pass. And I get a phone call. (sighs) Motherfucker. I get a phone call from one of his friend's moms and she says, Hey, I just want to know if Riley's okay. If everybody's okay over there. And I'm like, what do you mean? She tell my son told this woman that I ran his fucking face into a door frame when he was four years old, because that's how he chose to remember that scenario. Oh my God. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? I said, 
I want to run your face into a door frame now. <laughs> You're going to get CPS called on me. Yeah. I have witnesses that saw what happened. Yeah. Like, so it really illuminated for me. Like you can have the best intentions and do all of the right things. And they're going to still think that you smash their face into a door frame. Yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Like it's just, it's just wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, Judy and Lisa are both like, oh my God, exact same at <laughs> the exact same time. I mean, I love him to death. I do. Yeah. But like, really, but I would never do that. They're going to never. They're going to form their own experience from it. Like, yeah. They're, and in fact, I really think like teenagers and in particular create like a lot of their own kind of drama and trauma to go through, yes. to, to have angst, to figure it out. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's just they want to be the victim. Yeah, I was telling my friend how my mom. Um, oh my god! Up until I was like tw- twenty-two or something like that, probably a little later, my mom would constantly be the happy, cheery, sunny, like let's do this and let's look at the world in this positive way, and and I would be like, mom, stop! It's not happy day it's a terrible day like I was this you probably can't imagine me like this but this is what I was like because I wanted to counter her and she kept trying and trying and finally she just I think was like whatever you do you you be in your you know mood and eventually I came around and I got on that side on my own it was she she was that pillar of light for me and now she's I didn't ever wanted to talk to my mom earlier now I I call her all the time because like she She's the one who taught, who implanted all that in me, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready for it back then. But then something happened and I eventually got on the right side. And now, like I said, we're like, we t- I talk to her every day because she gets me. And mm-hmm. I just think sometimes, so anyway, when I look back on all that stuff, I'm like, I just had to go through all that angst. I just had to go through that hating her or thinking I hated her, her or thinking she was the problem or thinking all that because because I needed some counter force in my life to, you know, to figure things out. And now I'm on the same side as her. And I, you know, I feel terrible about all those years, but it was just something I had to go through. I think it's normal. Yeah, I was a dick to my mom too. And like yesterday, Riley said to me, can you just not criticize anything I do? And I was like, oh, fuck, I quit. All right, how about we just don't talk today? Like, (laughs) we just don't have this conversation. I'm sorry that you feel attacked by me. I... I'm just going to make dinner. Okay. I just want to say something. This is crazy. First of all, uh, Judy said, Amby, my oldest daughter, Julia, almost 18, has the same issue. It's not super noticeable, but it's there about the feet. The the feet? Yeah. Melanie Mm -hmm. said, my kid wore braces on his feet for two years. He has straight feet, but that fucked him up. So we all get fucked up in some way. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then Judy, this is just the perfect ending judy said kids are little shits like that (laughs) (laughs) they really are oh goodness anyway let's make our announcements this was a fun topic i appreciate everybody this has been a good time thanks everybody for sharing and being so vulnerable thank you ambi for being so vulnerable it's really really good um perspective and thing to know and um yeah, moving forward, announcements. So our next Inner Bloom Experience box is coming out in October. Woohoo! 
The unicorn box was just so well received by everyone. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. It was so colorful, so fun. You're, you guys are actually going to be hearing, um, or you will have heard on this audio episode, the um, sponsorship announcement for some of the people that were in the box um, because uh, we had some awesome unicorn tarot decks. We had some so awesome cool. unicorn crystals. We had some awesome unicorn think like bath salt mm-hmm. yeah. um everybody got like readings and stuff like that with other practitioners and just lots of stuff so if you want in on the witch box because that's what the theme is for october which is so excited which is in potions um you can sign up at the link in the show notes um and uh yeah it's a it'll be when you sign up for the subscription, it is recharged every three months unless you opt out. So every three months, it'll be $65 for the box. Cool. What else? Oh, we are still doing um, private coaching. So if you are intuitive, if you're not intuitive and you are starting a business, um, whether it's coaching or a brick and mortar business and you would like some intuitive guidance and also healing and really digging down deep on what your blocks are and how to grow your business. We are opening up spots for private coaching. We um, have had private coaching clients in the past and we wanted to keep it small, but we have space available now. So if you are interested, email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we have had some awesome coaching clients recently and their coaching is coming to an end. So we're looking for the next round and uh, next round of peeps, the new season. <laughs> um, and then, oh, also we are still offering we've heard, VIP days. VIP days. This is so exciting. So if you want... Um, I know that we did retreats in the past. We're not doing any more this year. We're trying to get our schedule for retreats for next year with COVID and kind of figure out where we want to go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But if you are interested in that, it is similar to a retreat, but it is much more private, much more exclusive, inclusive just for you. It would be you, Alexa, and myself. And we go over different, we come to you. We go over different modalities to help you. Um, it's a very immersive experience and also very private, just one-on-one with us. So if you're interested in that, email us, let us know. We can talk you, um, talk about prices on the phone and things like that. Yeah. It's basically like us bringing a retreat to you for a day. (laughs) It's basically like, you know what I think of when I think of VIP days, I think of like that show on MTV where it's like made made oh where they like make someone it's like someone's like i want to be like a rock star and then they're like okay here's your coach and your coach shows up at your door like the next day and they're like okay these are all the things and you're gonna meet this person and you're gonna anyway it's kind of like a condensed version of that so yeah i I think lately a lot of you or many of you who we talked to has, has expressed interest in us coming to you so this is like coming to see you where you are. So this is uh, a good option for that. 
as Ambie described. And um, I just want to say, too, I just had listened. I just um, one of our listeners, Debbie Lopez, she just showed up in Philly. She was coming back from New York and she just came through Philly and was like, hey, are you around? And I was literally just before this and we had breakfast. So, you know, if you guys are either coming through Virginia Beach or Philadelphia, hit us up. Let's look Let up. Me know. Let's yeah. do some coffee because it's fun. Yep. That's all. All right, everyone. Well, we love you so much. Um, until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.